Hi there, everyone. This is Braden and Tally, the voice of my beloved podcast. Uh, we are we skipped a week last week because we had what about two hundred people here last week uh, celebrating Shav Wot. So that was really uh, a really great time uh, to be together. Great time of fellowship, worship, teachings. It was it was really neat. We loved it. It was just really neat to see how God brought all these the people to celebrate together. So uh, a yeah, real refreshing time. Yeah, yeah. So we were a little. Uh, busy with all of our visiting and saying goodbyes to people. I think everyone was heading out about last week. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So we pray that y'all had a blessed Shavuot, uh, season. And so, uh, today, oh, so we'll talk about quick two the two events that are coming up, uh, w- both in July. Well, we've got July 17th through the 19th. It, we're having, um, William O'Levy, come and he is the author of the bible or the acts i always forget if it's the acts or the bible or the (laughs) bible or the acts um but he has an amazing story and he's coming with his family eight children you can get a hold of the book get it and read it it's an amazing book it's a great book yeah and it was really neat because we met him and then read it and so it was like it's like one of those missionary stories like the ywam missionary stories where you're just like wow, like just reading the, you know, the story of what, what people have been through and their testimony and how God worked in their lives and stuff. And, uh, it was really neat because we had actually met him first before we even read the book. Yeah, Just a little sneak preview. He was almost martyred on the way. Like there, (laughs) he and his two friends were being trucked off to this place. They're going to be martyred by radical Islamists. Yeah. And the truck breaks down, the guards go up to check on the engine and he and his two friends jump out the back of the truck into the jungles of Africa, just run for their lives and <laughs> end up making it end up happening upon this house where believers were praying through the night for their safety. Yeah. And uh, it's almost like a Peter story. And they right. just <laughs> happen up in this place where people are praying for him. So incredible story, but he's bringing his whole family out. Yeah. And so I'd love to see you come out if you can make it. Yeah. And it's, and he'll be talking about uh, his testimony, his story, and also his work because he now uh, works, uh, has a ministry operations, uh, Nehemiah. And it's, uh, ministry to Africa, to mainly to Sudan, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so we're excited about that. We're going to be, uh, yeah, welcoming him and his family. So we all are. We would love to see a bunch of people come out and hear his story. Uh, the other event is above rubies. We've got Nancy and Colin coming in. So, excited about that. Yeah, this is very exciting for us. Nancy, Patriarchs. Yeah. <laughs> Patriarch, matriarch. Yeah, for sure. And you know, if if it wasn't for them. Above Rubies is how Brayden and I met. So we really owe them a lot. And they they have prayed over most of our babies in the womb and uh, prayed over us at our wedding and at our uh, engagement party. And like They've been a really big part of our, our story. So really excited to have them come out. That's July. True Psalm 92 couple. Oh, Fresh yeah. and flourishing in their, in their latter years. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> the fire has not gone out in their bones. Yes. They are. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Such a testimony, such an example Oh yeah. to all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a family camp, July um, 31st through the 2nd of August. So those are the updates and we're going to jump into uh, the Song of Solomon. Yes. So we're at chapter two, verse eight here. And this is the voice of my beloved. You know, this is the there name of this go. podcast, yeah. the voice of my beloved. The voice of my beloved, behold, he comes leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. So 
just to point out in this verse, it's the voice that really captures the attention uh, at first. And so this, this is something for us in our walk with God is that it's his voice. You know, we don't see him, you know, in person, but we hear his voice, right? We read his word, we hear his voice. And this is what the bride, she said, oh, the voice of my beloved, behold, he comes. And so we're encouraged, we're strengthened in, pre- in preparation for the coming of Yeshua as we hear his voice. Mm-hmm. And so this is what we see with the bride, the voice of my beloved, behold, he comes leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. He has a beautiful voice. You know, he is, he's uh, the best singer ever. He's the best musician. You know, he's, <laughs> he's uh, amazing. So we know Zephaniah, he sings over his people, right? And so he's, uh, he's a beautiful voice. Mm-hmm. So she's assured of his coming. And that's what we really need to hear in these days is this assuring voice that he is coming, you know, yeah. to be excited about that. So we need to hear his voice. He's leaping upon the mountains. And this is a picture of him overcoming obstacles, right? He's not in any way daunted by the mountains. And uh, he's, he's awakening her, you know, in the previous section we saw there, just the verse before, it's talking about how to don't disturb her, basically, you know, by the, by the does, by the gazelles, do not awaken or stir up love till it's time. Mm-hmm. And we understood this to say that the bridegroom is telling others, don't know exactly who, but just others, don't disturb her right now. We don't know how much time has elapsed in between verse seven of Song of Solomon two and here verse eight, but now it seems that the bridegroom himself is taking upon himself to awaken her, to yes. say, okay, it's t- I'm, he's leaping over the mountains. He's, he wants to awaken her himself. Mm-hmm. And so uh, here he is, he's leaping over the mountains. And is is the saying here that you have the mountains and this is big obstacles, you know, like uh, government problems, you know, just recently here in the news, we've had, you know, what you could, I'd say mountains, you know, mountain problems, you know, racial strife, uh, you know, these big, you know, government, I'd say uh, North Korea, the government, North Korea, that's a mountain, you know, that's yeah. like, but here Yeshua is pictured leaping over those mountains. He's going to come and make things right. He's going to bring justice. And then the hills, poetically are referring to the smaller things like the personal difficulties we go through. Uh, you know, we each have personal trials, temptations that we face, but he leaps over those as well. He's able to conquer the big mountains, the big issues of society, and then the, the small, the hills as well, the hills in our own hearts. He's able to just leap over those effortlessly as a gazelle. If you've ever seen a gazelle leap, it's just, whoom, just a spring. There's always got springs in their feet, right? They just (laughs) easily leap over obstacles. And this is how our bridegroom is pictured. He is not daunted by obstacles. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's encouraging. It's encouraging to be connected to him because we can look at the future and go, where is this going? (laughs) What's going to happen? The mountains seem to be growing. Yeah. (laughs) But we're connected to him. He's just leaping over them. He's like, ah, not a problem. (laughs) I've I've, I've seen this coming. We're going to just leap over this. (laughs) We see Mark 11, 23 says, for assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. And so here, Yeshua is saying, we have this authority to speak to mountains through him, right? And we, he's going to invite us to join him in this overcoming spirit of just leaping over the problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I also love here how um, 
the bride is looking for him. You know, it says, behold, he comes leaping upon the mountain, skipping upon the hills. I'm thinking like the bride really needs to be looking for that, you know, and I'm thinking of the, in Revelation, you know, you point out uh, all the time that, it, that there's three times where Yeshua says, behold, I'm coming quickly. Right. right. Mm -hmm. And there's this like wake up call, like I'm coming, look out for me, you know? And so the bride has kind of been, um, looking for the bridegroom coming. And so I think that's like, you know, important, like that she's, she's looking to see, to see that this is happening. I also, I can't, um, not mention how Brayden was, <laughs> I just have to tell a little story because Brayden, when we first, he came to our, our, my house, this is before we were betrothed when we were still kind of talking through things. We'd both said yes, but we weren't sure exactly how everything was going to play out. And I was still in the middle of, not in the middle, towards the end of nursing school. And so we were trying to figure out, um, you know, whether I was going to continue or not. And when Brayden heard the news that, um, that I wasn't going to be continuing, we could, you know, start working on this process of like, okay, we can do the betrothal soon then and we can do the wedding. He went like running, he started jumping up and down in my uh, living room, almost hitting his head on the ceiling and stuff, and then ran outside and just started like dancing down the street. <laughs> like, like he was just like yelling, hallelujah. <laughs> I just, I was ready to just have fun. I was, I like, I was like, woo, no more waiting. <laughs> that was so, such a special moment for me though as a bride just to see like uh you know because it, it was an intense like moment in our in our relationship too but just to see how excited he was um about me and so i think of that too when i when i read this this verse yeah the, the <laughs> leaping leaping and yeshua skipping. yeah <laughs> yeshua is the leaping bridegroom yeah. he's the one he's excited about his bride he's he's really gone all out for her you know uh -huh. to lay down his life for her yeah and so this this is who he is yeah there's like a weightiness to it too but there's also there's joy in it it's like there's also this um joyful you know yeah sweetness about it too right so so in verse nine, my beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. And, you know, we previously we had the comparison of the gazelle and the doe, which is we, we were seeing that poetically as being a little bit spooky, right? Like it's easily spooked easily. Now we have here the bridegroom is described as a gazelle or a young stag. A young stag would be more of a picture of strength, of, mm -hmm. you know, boldness. And yeah. so uh, here the the bride is saying, "Oh, he's like a gazelle or a young stag." He's it, the the picture here is a little more of a of not so much the jumpiness as it is the strength and agility mm -hmm. to just leap over things. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, they they easily gazelles are easily able to jump over difficult terrain, as we already mentioned. Um, and so here, the bridegroom, as we already said, is he just effortlessly jumping over yeah. the problems. Yeah, it's a it's a good cross between the like you know, young, like there's still all that energy to be bouncing around kind of, but then, but also very mature and watchful at the same time, you know, the young right. stag. Mm -hmm. <laughs> then moving on, behold, he stands behind our wall. He is looking through the windows, gazing through the lattice. And I like this, the way that the passion translation, this is a new translation I've just been getting into recently. Uh, it's, it's uh, just to describe a little bit of the translation, he's, he's going based on somewhat of an interpretive view and which is in some passages really interesting <laughs> not mm -hmm. the not it's not necessarily a literal translation although he he stays pretty 
accurate to the he tries original. To make, make it connected. Somehow. Yeah, he, he makes it uh, a little more alive in some. But I love the way he, he reckons this verse. It says, let me describe him. He is graceful as a gazelle, swift as a wild stag. Now he comes closer, even to the places where I hide. He gazes into my soul, peering through the portal as he blossoms within my heart. So you can see here, it's just this kind of poetic type of, he's, he's really trying to capture the, the heart of this passage. But he's looking through the windows. He's the, the bridegroom here, he's coming up to the wall. He's looking through the windows, gazing through the lattice. He's, he's looking at the bride with an intense, we know his eyes are like a flame of fire. He's looking at the bride with this intensity through the wall. And so just look here at this uh, first part it says, behold, he stands. And in the scripture, a lot of times we see Yeshua sitting, you know, he's seated at the right hand of the father, but there are a few times where you see him standing here. He's standing and standing implies that he's ready for action. And we see the few times that he, we do see him standing. We see him standing when Stephen is martyred, right? He's standing. He's, he's welcoming in this martyr into heaven. And we see him in the book of Revelation. He's standing at the door to knock, like he's actively pursuing, right? He's standing at the door to knock and wanting to come in. Like he's actively pursuing his people. And moving on here. So when it says he's, he's standing at our wall, it's saying here that he's actively pursuing the bride, but is also he's calling the bride to action. Mm -hmm. We know up till now she's been in this season of you know being at the in the chamber, right, with the king. She's been at the table sitting. She's been at the couch, right, in the house, and so she's been in this place of rest. And now he's saying, now it's time for action, right? And if left to herself, she would like to just stay in that place of rest her whole life, right? Just <laughs> I, I, she's like, I like the apple tree. I like, <laughs> I like being fed the raisins and all, you know, all this stuff. But he's, now he's standing though, and he's ready to move out in action. And so that place of rest prepares her for this new season. And uh, it's supposed to, we find out later that she doesn't really take the invitation. Uh, she's, she's like, oh, she likes to just stay comfortable behind the wall. She says behind our wall. So the wall speaks of protection. She's in this place of just being uh, protected from the outside world. And that's, that's where that place was in the house, in the chamber. She's, she's in this place of, of just being with her bridegroom in that one-on-one, -on -one just really reveling in his love and just really soaking it in. Mm -hmm. So she's behind the wall. She says, behold, he stands behind our wall. He is looking through the windows, gazing through the lattice. So he's, he's looking at, I love that song. Yeah, the, the old song goes, When your eyes are on this child, your grace abounds to me. Just knowing that he's looking at us is really encouraging, mm -hmm. right? You know, I know for our children, it's like sometimes they're, they're talking, talking, talking. They just want you to look at them. Like yeah. when you just look at him, it's like it just fixes their problem. <laughs> but for us too, you know, we like sometimes just want to know that he's looking at us to know that he actually knows who we are. I think knowing that, um, that he's so in love with us that he wants to watch us. He wants to see us. Uh, and I do, I think that really affects us and stuff. And I, I was remembering there's another story from our story, <laughs> but I was remembering uh, a time when we were going to this, we went to this Israeli folk dance uh, thing where we were just learning some circle dances and stuff. And we were all with your family. We were all there. 
And I remember this was the season before our betrothal where we weren't allowed to say, I love you, but you could say all these other things. And we um, mean we weren't allowed. We just didn't well, say <laughs> we, According to our rules, we weren't allowed. <laughs> we, did, we decided that was our rule. We weren't going to say it until the betrothal. But, um, but Braden had, was in the class and at the end of it, he gave me this little note that said, you are graceful. You probably don't even remember that. I don't remember that. (laughs) (laughs) But I just, I remember thinking that that was so sweet because it meant that he was watching me. (laughs) Like, and and I just thought that was, you know, I was like, oh, like there were so many other things to watch in the room. So the music playing and everyone dancing around and stuff, but he was watching me, you know? (laughs) I I just remember that was just a really special thing. So anyways, that was the story that came to mind with that verse. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So now looking at verse 10, it says, my beloved spoke and said to me, rise up my love, my fair one and come away. So here the bridegroom, he's, he's welcoming, he's inviting the bride to rise up, to come out of this place of just the comfortable house to rise up. And I believe in this call, he wants us to maintain that place of rest in him, but at the same time going forth and laboring in the fields, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's what he's, you know, it's, it's balancing those two things out. It's not that we ever leave the chamber necessarily, you know, as far as in our hearts, Mm -hmm. right? We're, we're always seated in heavenly places with him, right? Right. That's, that's who we are. But even as we're laboring, we're still seated in heavenly places. We're in that place of authority yet. We move out. He's, he's inviting her to move out in strength to accomplish the mission that's before her. And so I love this too, how it's the beloved, it's the beloved one who is calling rise up. You know, it's mm-hmm. so key to understand that as God calls us up in holiness, as he calls us forth in pursuing righteousness, mm-hmm. it's, it's that voice of the beloved. And, and when the bride understands that it's the beloved that's calling her up, then it's so much easier to respond. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not this idea of someone, you know, just ready with a whip saying, get up, you know, get up, <laughs> crack the whip, you know, it's time to get going. It's the beloved. He's saying, oh, come on bride, you can do this. You can rise up and, you know, I love you. It's, it's the, I love you and rise up together. You know, right, that's, right. that's so, so key. I know for Tally, if I, if I come real gently in the morning, you know, it's, it's time to wake up, uh, time to wake up, Tally. And it, she's, she's much more responsive in that case. <laughs> yeah, I'm a special case to wake up in the morning. <laughs> this is a good one. I like this. Rise up, my love, my fair one. <laughs> yes. Yes. I take this. Come away. Yeah. yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. But it's like, it's so great because he's calling her yeah like you said to enter into a different season like rise up we have to move on like the story is continuing <laughs> you right. know there's almost this part where she's like oh you know he was kind of getting comfortable here <laughs> right. and uh but he does it with such uh gentleness you know that he's like rise up my love my fair one you know he always has to right. throw in the beautiful you know always uh encouraging as he calls her forth so Yes, then verse 11, for behold, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. So there's many different references to this song being in springtime. It's just, it was a springtime book. And so it's a time of growth. You know, he's calling her forth to new growth. And we see in the next verse, uh, verse 12, it says, the flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing has come. And this can also be translated. It's the Hebrew word, lismore. And this can be both to sing and to prune. And so it's a time of new growth and it's a time of pruning. So uh, there's this there's this season in her life where she's 
kind of leaving the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. She's leaving the comfort zone of where she's been and there's singing. Yes, there's joy in it, but there's also this pruning. So you could translate it both ways. Mm-hmm. You could say the flowers appear on the earth. The time of pruning has come, mm-hmm. or you could say the time of singing has come and uh, both of them work. Yeah. So it's just, it's just important to realize in this new season, you know, as God calls us forth into the harvest, into whatever he's, you know, calling us forth to actually do, mm-hmm. then we realize there's going to be pruning involved. There may be some pain in it, but seeing through the pain, basically right, seeing right. through the pruning, you know, as you're able, you know, you've sometimes sung through labor, right? For a yeah. baby, like when you can <laughs> sing through the difficulties, then you're really on top. You're really, it really helps you to overcome. Yeah. And I think that, you know, um, him pointing out the flowers are on the earth, that it's kind of pointing out like there's going to be fruit at the end of this too. And I think that as we all go through pruning, that's something that we need to be reminded of. Like we're being pruned because, uh, God wants to see more fruit in our lives. You know, that there's a, there's an end goal here. And, um, and so I think that's, that's an important reminder there that we all need to, to keep, keep in, uh, keep in, in mind as well as we Mm -hmm. walk on this journey. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And also I just wanted to point out too, like the winter is past. It's talking about the winter. And, you know, when you think of the winter, um, you're thinking of, you know, dark, cold, dead kind Mm -hmm. of, and, and she's kind of hidden away in this, you know, in her safe place is, is kind of the picture that we get is that he's kind of looking at her. There's a wall, there's lattice. And that's kind of what we do in the winter. We kind of bundle up and just hunker down. And, um, and so I think that he's, he's encouraging her, like the season is changing. Like, I'm not calling you out here into the winter. I'm calling you out into the springtime. You know, I'm not calling you out into a place that's cold and dark and, you know, where you're going to have to find shelter. Like, I'm going to be your shelter. Like, this is the springtime now. Don't worry, you know. Yeah, that's good. Then the next part here says, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. And we look at turtle doves in the Bible. It's a connection to atonement for the poor. And we see this in a few different places. It says in Leviticus 12, 8, and if she is not able to bring a lamb, then she may bring two turtle doves. And this is for the woman that has just had a child and is bringing this offering. And it says it's for the atonement. Uh, so here we see turtle doves. If, you know, if they're not rich enough, basically, to bring a lamb, they bring turtle doves. And we see this with Joseph and Mary. They were poor. You know, they, evidently, they were poor because that's what they bring. When Yeshua was born, they bring these turtle doves to the to Jerusalem to the temple. We see this in Luke two twenty four, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So, here we just see this connection. The voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. You could say the voice of atonement or redemption for the poor, and we see so many references to this in the scriptures. You know, blessed are the poor in spirit. There's this redemption. There's this. Uh, salvation for the poor Mm -hmm. and God just has a a real heart for the poor. Mm -hmm. And so the voice of the turtle dove, when you oh, the bride can hear that voice and it's, it's speaking to her. There's redemption for you. Mm -hmm. There's hope for you. You may be poor, but there's hope for you. And then it says in our land, and this speaks of our joint inheritance with the Messiah. Mm-hmm. It's it's saying uh, you know, our land. It's like it's it's the bridegrooms and the brides. It's mm-hmm. it's our land that would, the inheritance that God uh, has for us in Him. It's a joint inheritance that we have with the bridegroom. Mm-hmm. 
Then verse 13, the fig tree puts forth her green figs and the vines with the tender grapes give a good smell. So this is speaking here of, of the beginning stages of a coming harvest. There's signs, there's, there's visible signs that there's a harvest that's going to happen. And so, as we said, we're in the springtime, there's fruit that's forming. There's these, uh, these, this encouragement, you could say, mm-hmm. for the harvest that's yet to come. Mm-hmm. And so it's an encouragement to say, get ready for what's coming, right? Get ready. This is, the bride is still in the first half of the journey, right? She's still, there's, there's uh, fruit, there's virtues that are forming within her that have not yet reached maturity. And so this is what we see even in the fruits that are depicted here. They're, they're in the beginning stages. She's in the beginning stages still of maturity and God is calling her forth. The bridegroom is calling her forth to full maturity. Mm-hmm. And then he closes this section and says, rise up my love, my fair one and come away. He repeats it, rise up. That's what he's calling his people to do today is to rise up. The bride, the, the bride made ready will be one that has responded to that call to rise up. She will not be a couch potato. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's not going to be one that's just, you know, lazy. She'll be one that's oh, so fervent. You know, I love the verse in Romans. It says fervent in spirit. You know, the mm-hmm. bride will be fervent in spirit. She'll be one that's responded to the call to rise up, to embrace the bridegroom's, the bridegroom's heart, to, yeah. bri- to embrace the bridegroom's commandments, uh-huh. to, to long to please him. She'll rise up and meet him. And that this is where, this is where the bride's going. Yeah. So may you be encouraged wherever you are out there to, to stand in that call, to respond to that call, to rise up. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. And we have a great hope uh, too, just as the uh, spring tells of uh, the harvest that's coming. There's a great hope that we have to look forward to. So maybe you all, you all be blessed to look to that hope This is Brayden and Tally reminding you to listen to the voice of your beloved bridegroom. He's coming quickly.